Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to By the Numbers, episode 14. I'm once again joined by Alex McNabb, and we're going to be incredibly anti-Semitic today by looking at facts and figures that are publicly available on the Internet. Right, Alex? I mean, I resent being called anti-Semitic. Well, I mean, I guess you could say we're being anti-Zionist, but I'm told that being anti-Zionist also means being anti-Semitic, so I don't know what. I don't really know what the option is here. Well, I that, guess we I guess we got to cancel the show because we just can't report on this stuff. Yeah, uh, we can, we cannot yep. read publicly available information. Sorry, show's over. <laughs> we're going <laughs> we're going back to the YouTube, uh, Yahoo comment section, everybody. <laughs> Alex was just telling me that's how he gets uh, that's how he gets motivated for a show. He spends fifteen seconds reading the Yahoo comment section. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I look in there and I, I see a bunch of sociopaths being genocidal and it gets me energized to talk about Israel, Israel and its disgusting sycophants. Oh, I know that's the worst part of it. For me, the worst part of it is when you, you run into either the institutions and even worse than that, the sort of the normal people who are like, blow them Arabs off the face of the planet. Yeah. Like they're literally insane. Like hoping that Gaza will be turned into a parking lot. Yeah, yeah, and it's give them billions of dollars, blow the Arabs into oblivion, and also it would be very bad if we were to do public health care in the United States. I believe all of these things simultaneously. (laughs) I want genocide for Arabs. I want no public health care in my own country. I don't want any infrastructure spending. Privatize everything in America, but also give millions and billions of dollars to Israel. So that they can have a socialist utopia with their public health care and their infrastructure spending and their public transportation. These are positions they're that I hold. They're subsidized housing. They're yeah. subsidized family formation. They're state-owned fuel monopolies. I mean, we could go on and on. My, my brain has enormous holes eaten through it by leaded gasoline fumes. The synapses <laughs> are just sparking inside my skull. They're not making connection randomly haphazardly firing is what they're doing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just the, the bloodthirstiness of these people just never, just never fails to astound me. It doesn't it matter. Is, if it's something they hate, they just want to genocide it. Like they do. It, it's uh, pretty incredible. Like the way that they talk about a union protest and Gaza is about the same. Yeah. They would, they would run both of those groups of people over yeah. with their pickup truck. Yeah. And yet, yet again, I mean, we had that case where, Somebody decided it would be a good idea to murder a Palestinian six-year-old, and the the demographic responsible for that. Any guesses? <laughs> he was a really old guy, wasn't he? He was a old baby boomer. Yeah, baby boomer. yeah, yeah. Who killed a defenseless victim after being apparently hopped up on a bunch of Fox News propaganda? And I'm like, I could have predicted this because if boomers do pop off, it's always against somebody who cannot possibly fight back. Yeah, well, like uh, I think when we talked about. When we did the Boomer episode, we briefly mentioned the Boomer who drove his pickup truck into the UAW mm-hmm. protesters. Like those totally defenseless people on the side of the street with signs versus my pickup truck. 
But you regret building a pickup truck now, don't you? Yeah, right. But again, <laughs> it, it goes to your point that we're, we're going to target the absolutely helpless as the right. outlet yeah, that, of our other rage. That other episode we had where we discovered that they talk a big game about their guns and stuff, but they don't want to actually use them because that Correct. Would probably that's the same episode. But yeah, 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 yeah. That probably will involve getting shot shot at by somebody who also has guns and that terrifies them. Right. And anyway, we can get into boomer hate later. It will come. Uh, it'll come and go throughout the episode. I'm that's sure sort it will. Of our, I'm sure it that's will. sort of our thing now. You know, it's uh, everything. Everything we can to hate on the boomers, and I am unabashedly unashamed of that. Anyway, Alex and I decided we're going to go through sort of the general environment of all of the money and all of the resources and the intelligence and the material. And the human lives and everything else that the United States bleeds and sweats and then dumps on the state of Israel to the de- to the detriment of the American people. And there's something I want everyone to keep in mind while we do this episode. And I love reiterating this. Israel is the size of New Jersey. About 9 million people live there. Mm-hmm. The inhabited part of Israel is roughly the, the size of Connecticut with the core of Israel being about the size of Delaware. So we have this part of the world that is at best as big as New Jersey, that when they decide they have a problem or they want to start a war or they have someone they want to genocide, literally the entire world grinds to a halt for this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. we, we see the world's largest Navy redeploy itself overnight. Right. There are there are American, there are German and there are British special forces units now stationed in Cyprus. Uh, the entire it's it's just it's incredible. And you know, what's really wild, too, is if you think about it, it's like what natural resources that region actually have, like because it's purely political. Oh, there's very no, few. Very there's few. no other reason for anyone to ever want to be there. I mean, you talk about a place that you could turn into a glass parking lot and it would affect nothing. It would be that strip of land. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, when when the Jews settled it, it was effectively from top to bottom a desert except for everything along uh, along the river. Yeah. And they have had to expend massive resources attempting to green it, which has been partially successful. But if you have to do that to begin with, it's probably not an ideal place to live. I mean, there's really not. I'm dude, I'm surprised that they don't bottle up water in Arizona and ship it over to Israel. <laughs> now I have to Google that because for some reason I feel like they, someone is shipping Israel water. I bet it's happening. Alex, I, yeah, bet I, bet, I bet it's coming out of fucking Arizona because I, I just saw a thing the other day where they had to shut down some. It was some farm that was foreign owned and they were basically draining the water table, which, of course, is already in bad shape because it's fucking Arizona. Right. Right. It's well, it's just, it, right. It's the same stupid post-war development pattern. We're going to build giant cities of one and a half million people in the middle of a desert in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it's there. Not only is it a city, but it's a city of sprawling single family homes that use incredible amounts of water every day in an area that is water scarce to begin with. Yeah, I see. Dude, my post-apocalyptic fantasy is to be able to wander through those those dead zones (laughs) after after the water goes away. And it's just like barren buildings and skyscrapers and stuff. (laughs) 
not a zombie apocalypse, not a not a climate just catastrophe, just just nothing. Just, I just I, let lizards. Right. I can <laughs> I can sympathize with that. I can sympathize with that. And you know, it's it's it, it's very entertaining because in the article I just wrote today, I actually mentioned Arizona. Arizona is one of these states that is buying is into to clarify for everyone. I don't mean the American government. I mean, the state of Arizona is buying Israeli government bonds. So they're giving money to Israel. At the same time, Arizona has a failing power grid because so many damn people are moving there. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. That makes sense. All right. So let's start with the history of funding for Israel. Cause that's, I think it'd be, it's useful to sort of sketch out like a, a big picture view of right. how we got to where we are now. How did this start? How did we start giving them money? Right. So a lot of people think it started immediately that right in 1948, America sort of jumped on the Israeli bandwagon, but that's largely not true. America did recognize Israel as a state when it was declared in 1948. Black. Yeah, see, I, I had kind of the impression the United States was sort of just hedging their bets and sitting on the sidelines just a little bit to see how things were going to progress out there. Because it, it looked like at some point in the 70s when you had the Yom Kippur War after that, the United States was like all in. They were like, okay. <laughs> right. It, it was a progressive thing. So in 48, Truman was president. He He recognized Israel, but he was incredibly hesitant to give them anything, to have any kind of mm-hmm. relationship with them. It's what you said. He wanted to see how this was going to this was going to pan out, essentially because Israel was in a civil war between the Jews and the Arabs. And he didn't he didn't want to get directly involved. However, because right, we just came out of a war. <laughs> right. A <big> one. <laughs> right. But in the 1960s, the Soviet Union started giving weapons to well, mm-hmm. two things happened. Number one, the Soviets began giving weapons to the Arab states. So America thought, oh, crap, we better get a we need an ally out there. So part of the motivation in... Oh, my God, is, that sounds like a repeat of the British Empire. Right. So part of the motivation was a counterbalance to the Soviet influence. But the other thing that was happening that jives with our politics was that you had the the Kennedy and the Nixon administrations had a lot of Jews in them, right? Kissinger was the Secretary of State under Nixon. And at the time, there wasn't really an Israel lobby like there is today. They didn't have the ADLs and APAC and, you know, American Israel Friendship League of Christian Goodness and all this stupid crap. There are like 80 of these organizations now. But back then, they didn't exist. And what it was was individual Jews like Kissinger who were exerting massive amounts of influence over the administration's and actually, they still didn't want to be that involved with Israel. In the article I wrote, uh, America's Appalling Ally, I touched on the fact that Nixon was so upset with all of the Jews in his government trying constantly to lobby for Israel that he banned them from attending any meeting that was about Israel. Wow. Including <laughs> Kissinger, who was the Secretary of State. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't want to make house rules. Members of your cabinet can't be in on certain meetings. That's right, right, right. (laughs) So he he made that meeting. It didn't matter anyway, because when Kissinger would go abroad, there was a famous incident when he went to the Soviet Union. Uh, He would he would go abroad and he did not give a single damn about the United States. He would go abroad and he would represent the interests of the Jews and of Israel. And this relationship just snowballed where 
you'd get more Jews in government and they'd they'd want more funding for Israel. And then in the late 1960s, and especially after the Yom Kippur War in 73, when America really started giving Israel uh, gear and intelligence and all of these things, uh, that's yeah, see, uh, <clears throat> I'm tempted to think that maybe part of what happened there is we, because we have so many people have referred to as like a military industrial complex or just right. huge defense spending, right? And it it felt almost like as I was kind of looking at the Yom Kippur War recently, it looked, it looked almost as if they realized that there was a, a nice market out there. There's a nice market that they could sell weapons to. And so you had like a kind of a double interest here, like a nice little dovetailing of like, oh, you're going to give them billions in aid. How about we uh, take that aid and shuffle that into defense spending? Oh, that's well, that's exactly how it works. That's how it works to this day. America gives Israel billions of dollars in defense aid and Israel turns right around and they go to Raytheon and they go to Boeing mm-hmm. and they, <laughs> they go to it's you a know, beautiful, North- incestuous relationship. It is. It's fantastic for them. It's it's fantastic for everyone. Everybody involved, wins except for the American citizens. <laughs> for us, we don't win. We Raytheon I mean, wins. Israel wins. <laughs> remember, Alex, we absolutely categorically cannot deal with how expensive college is, but we can make sure that Israel can buy F thirty five fighter jets. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> it's amazing what we can and cannot do. It is, isn't it? It's it's remarkable. It's it, uh, it, in the rhetoric around it, like this sort of like this 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 fake realism. Oh, it'd be too. No, you don't understand. Uh, no, uh, d- doing public health care, it's just it would be a, a boondoggle. It'd be an absolute boondoggle. You have no idea. Uh, securing the border, oh, God, it's complicated. It's really complicated. Uh, Jesus, you want us to do what? You want public transportation? Really? Can't do public transportation. America's too big. It's too big. And, I mean, it's just all spread out, and there's definitely no any 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 railroad infrastructure anywhere. None of that exists in America. Right, absolutely. America definitely 100% does not have the densest, most extensive railway infrastructure in the world. We absolutely don't have that. Nope, never seen it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even uh, – do trains even exist? Sounds never like even, it's conspiracy to me, Alex. Never even heard of one. I have never seen a train once in my life. Let me tell you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of like the I kind of joked about this, but but that, it is, I mean that is the narrative, right? Like it is really shocking though. Like all of these things that you you would like to improve your life or the life of fellow citizens, those are impossible. You can just kiss that shit goodbye. But if Israel needs several billion dollars, if they need military weapons, if they need what whatever they want, because you were saying that they also have access to like a strategic oil reserve. They do. Uh, so this is a little known fact. I, I think we probably have money put away so they can get pedicures and manicures and <laughs> massages. So little known, little known fact to go into detail on the oil thing. Every 10 years since the 1990s, America signs a 10 year agreement with Israel mm-hmm. that if they ever get into trouble, either they can't produce oil, they can't import it, they can't buy it on the market. America mm-hmm. will provide them with incredibly subsidized oil from our strategic reserve. It does Why? not it does not matter how expensive gas gets for Americans. If you if it costs you four dollars a gallon to fill up, Uncle Sam does not give a shit. Israel will get cheap gas. You know what? Now wait a minute. Now last time now, I haven't looked at a map in a long time, but Israel isn't connected to uh this continent. 
So to give them that oil, you'd have to ship it over there, right? Correct. Potentially be, ship it over there during possibly we would, wartime. We'd be loading it onto tankers in the middle of a war to take it to Israel, yes. Tankers that could potentially be susceptible to enemy fire. Indeed. Indeed. So, so literally, you might have to die so that Israel can get cheap gasoline. Correct. Fascinating. That is the that is the agreement. Yeah, quite literally, yes. Huh. Who the fuck agreed to that? Right. <laughs> I, we weren't consulted. They were because when you tell me that this is a guarantee that Israel has access to oil, I begin to wonder. Well, what would cut off their access to oil? Oh, probably a conflict that they have initiated with their neighbors. Right. Meaning it's in, now hostile territory. In and the now most oil-rich area of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's yeah. It's, it's not like they don't have oil there. <laughs> They're closer to the oil supply than we are. Yep. What the fuck are we doing? It is incredible. I mean, they renewed the last renewed the agreement in 2015. So it'll be up for renewal next year and it'll be renewed. I mean, it's renewed. Like it takes two weeks to do it essentially. Mm-hmm. But they just, have, I mean, they just have a rubber stamp for that. You and I were both politically conscious in 2015. Do you remember this being anywhere? Was anyone consulted? Was this in the news? I don't remember this being an election mm-hmm. issue because I think if you went on a stage and you said to the American public, hey, we're going to give that country over there of nine million people free oil for five years whenever they wanted. I think most Americans would <laughs> I think most Americans would vote for your opposition. Yeah, especially when you explain it's going to be oil during wartime. And it's, right. oh, it's definitely not a moral hazard to support this country and give them a backstop. That's, that definitely won't make them more aggressive when they realize that they can get away with with uh, creating all kinds of problems because the United States is going to make sure they have cheap gasoline and military uh, armaments and everything. And, you know, the origin of this deal, it's worth mentioning, the origin of the deal came, I think it was the Oslo Accords, when the Oslo Accords, were, yeah, 93, when the Oslo Accords were negotiated, America gave Israel this deal in exchange for coming to the table. The Oslo Accords were 33 years ago. It is 33 years since, and what is Israel doing right now? It is flattening Gaza. So that peace deal really worked out. So there, this, certain commentators will kind of point out that if you look at a lot of American policy towards Israel, it's essentially a lot of times it looks like we're paying them a ransom. And in right. theory, the ransom is for them to be a little less genocidal. Correct. I mean, I, I've actually, and I'm not, I'm not sure whether I agree or disagree with this. I don't know enough about the politics of the region or the history of it. But one narrative I've heard is a lot of the defense spending that we do with Israel is essentially a ransom to stop them from being as genocidal as they would be if we didn't do that. Because a lot, a lot of that stuff is like missile defense shields, things that minimize Israeli casualties, therefore making them slightly less likely to just obliterate their neighbors. And like I said, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but the way it's framed, it's essentially we pay these lunatics a lot of money so that they will behave slightly less insane. That is a big part of it, yeah. Just a little bit. Obviously, it doesn't work very well because that's the problem. It's like, well, that ransom doesn't seem to to work very well. It looks and the other problem, of course, is like if you're giving them defense spending, even for stuff like a missile shield, potentially that could also cause them to just be more aggressive. Well, 
as a matter of fact, it does, because if you remember during 2021, when every when it popped off with Gaza, what did Congress do? Congress passed a bill and fully funded the replenishing of the Iron Dome. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't even give Israel the money. We just paid for it up front. Like, they get well, we, they, just, we just brought them the missiles. Right. They get to do all done. Here you go. <laughs> they get to do they get to do whatever they want. And America turns around and says, oh, crap. We better give them more money. On top of that, we pay off their immediate neighbors not to attack them. Yeah. Egypt Egypt is the yep. second biggest direct recipient of American aid, and Jordan is in the top five. So not only are we constantly giving the Israelis money, we're also giving their neighbors money not to obliterate them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's like uh, every side of the situation involves transferring enormous amounts of money to an area that is of no use to us whatsoever. They could just wink out of existence tomorrow. No American life would be affected. Huge amounts of money going into this region. And instead of it actually seeming to make things better and mitigate the violence in the in the area, it looks like it just kind of creates a increasingly bigger powder keg. It does because there's no oversight. In fact, I was when okay. we were taught when we were prepping yesterday. Oh, Talk about oversight and Israel spending. Right. <laughs> When we were prepping yesterday, I brought up how every other Ameri- every other country that receives American aid receives it quarterly, mm-hmm. and that happens so that America can see what they're spending it on. Are you building if, a Are you building a hospital with that money? Or if I'm you- not mistaken, even the aid to Ukraine has strings attached to it, right? Correct. Less than usual, but it still does. Yes, it's got some sort of stipulations. Correct. Because obviously we don't want to necessarily get ourselves involved in World War Three with Russia, so it's like, right. please Again, be we're, careful with what we give you. We're making sure we're making <laughs> sure that Ukraine spends spends the money on buying tanks or paying pensions, not buying you know chemical weapons. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Israel, right. with Israel, unlike any other country America gives money to, Israel receives it all at once in one account. One lump sum, and America never revisits it. There is absolutely no oversight mechanism. They can spend it however they want. And coincidentally, this is also a country which has refused to sign a whole lot of weapons of mass destruction, proliferation acts, things like that. Correct. Various various agreements to not have lethal weapons designed to kill civilians. They haven't signed the Chemical Weapons Accord. They haven't signed the we- some WMD treaty. They haven't <laughs> They haven't signed non-proliferation agreements. Most of the major agreements that are meant to reduce any sort of weapon of mass destruction that the vast majority of the planet has signed, Israel categorically refuses to sign. Yeah, because yeah, looking at that 1990 uh, Chemical Weapons Accord, that was signed in 1990 by the Russians and the Americans. Right. Like two, two, two of the, the biggest players in the room signed that one. And America... Yeah. America has a history of, in fact, I was just reading about this in the book I'm, I'm currently reading. America has a history of going around the world, showing up with a bunch of diplomats and telling a country, you will sign this treaty or we will sanction you into the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Except for Israel. We never do that to Israel. Seems like we do the opposite. Correct. Here's a blank Is- check. Buy all the chemical weapons you want. <laughs> Israel uses precision guided missiles to blow up apartment buildings and America goes, Oh, calm down everyone. They're defending themselves. 
That is one of the wildest things whenever I look at that, that entire situation is that they that Israel gets away with something that's defined as collective punishment. It's literally a war crime. You do yeah. not get to go level in an apartment building because a guy who is related to someone living in the apartment building doesn't like you. It's, it's literally <laughs> called collective punishment, and it's a war crime. Correct. It is a fucking war crime. Except if you're Israel, I, I know it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. And the, the sort of the frustrating part is that we continue to fund it. Right. So I, I mentioned New Jersey and Arizona or Arizona earlier. This is something you and I learned yesterday while doing prep. Israel issued to fight this war, war, quote unquote, issued $200 million in bonds because they need to raise money quick. And Americans, yes, they can kill a bunch of Arabs. Right. What are you doing with that money, Israel? Uh, <laughs> killing <laughs> our neighbors. American states, again, not the federal government, state governments bought up basically all of them. Texas, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Arizona, Illinois, Ohio. A couple other. Uh, Georgia was another one. Alabama was another. Alabama is dirt fucking poor. And they are spent. They are buying Israeli war bonds so that they can bomb Arabs. Yeah. So you're the, the the types of states seem to be Northeast, and of course Republican states, deeply conservative states or deeply Jewish states. Remember yes. Kathy Hochul, who's the governor of New yep. York. She's married to a Jewish man. J.B. Pritzker, who's governor of Illinois, is Jewish. Uh, yep. New Jersey just has like. New Jersey is basically just Israel 2.0. So in uh, people, certain people of a, a Jewish extraction will tell you that it is, is anti-Semitic to point out that someone is a dual citizen to say that people have dual loyalties. But when you look at the pattern, it's very clear. It's especially been brought into sharp relief by this conflict because suddenly you started seeing news articles about these dual citizens going overseas to fight in the, in the IDF. And I actually saw people in the comment sections acting a little bit outraged. They're like, wait a minute. You're talking about how this person is going to fight for their country, but they just went to Israel. <laughs> Correct. Like They're yes. not fighting for America. <laughs> They're fighting for their country, literally. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and you, you could tell that people were, were, were having this moment of realization, like, wait, that's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, not counting a certain... Part, a certain large fraction of boomers, a lot of people become very angry when you tell them about all the money we give Israel. Yeah. There's there's this sort of like, there's an abstract where like, yeah, they can defend themselves against those crummy Arabs, whatever. And then you're like, yeah, but we, we just gave them $3 billion. Well, and suddenly people are like, what? <laughs> like, you know? the, the thing that, that, that a, a boomer will usually say to you is that they are an ally and we have to defend this ally. And I'm like, but what do we get out of this relationship that we have right. with Israel? Let's interrogate that alliance, right? Like, well, yeah. you know, what, what can like, can you name a single thing in your life that is derived from Israel? What is Israel extending back to you? Because it looks like a one way street. It it looks like a, just a railway that we just load up these train cars with money and weapons and just ship over there. We don't even get the train cars back. No, they keep it all. They keep absolutely <laughs> keep it all. <laughs> they keep a locomotive and everything. We got to build a whole new train every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, gold bullets. This is great. We get to keep the train. <laughs> like, yeah. 
And can I run over civilians with it? I don't even think uh, that's not even a question, Alex. Of course they can. <laughs> My goodness. They'd be anti-Semitic to tell them they couldn't. <laughs> but it, it's remarkable considering that even though America is their greatest ally and even though, you know, Jews permeate the American government, they still spy on the U.S. Mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote the article, America's Appalling Ally, and at the very bottom, I listed a bunch of ways the Israelis mistreat the United States. A couple of years back, <laughs> it was 2019, they got caught putting up, they basically looked like fake inner city cell phone towers. They're these sort of three foot high things with white signal receptors on them. They're basically like mm-hmm. an inner city cell thing. They were spy devices. They were putting, Israeli government agents were putting them up around the White House. It seems a little unnecessary at this point. Right, but they, they're like, that, like how much control do you need? Do, right. do you do you literally need at, at some point in time to just take U.S. congressmen and fucking tattoo a star David across their forehead? I mean, I think eventually they'll want. To, they're so paranoid they'll get there. I they, think that they will have to. They were planting spyware on State Department employee devices. <laughs> they they did they did that back in i think that was uh, goodness when was this when did they get caught 2021 2 years ago they got caught planting spyware on state department officials phones and that's your greatest ally Correct. to them they're our best friend remember <clears throat> the the secretary of state is anthony blinken he's jewish he's actually also an israeli citizen i learned that the other day so he's a dual mm-hmm. citizen jew who's our secretary of state and the country he's a dual citizen of is putting spyware on the devices of the employees of his department, even though he like, how paranoid can you be? It's really hard to look at that relationship and not conclude that the United States is being run by Israel. Right. Uh, it, it, really it is a vassal state. It is a vassal state relationship to some degree. <clears throat> I, mean, I just, I, I just could, couldn't imagine another state actor that we would tolerate doing this kind of stuff. If and any if other, may, if any other yeah. country got caught putting multiple spyware devices in eyeshot of the White House, we would lob a missile at their <laughs> Capitol building. It's not even up for debate. If it was Iran, Tehran would be gone. Remember, uh, remember that time the Chinese flew a fucking hot air balloon? A balloon over the United States. <laughs> remember what they did? <laughs> Sent a goddamn F-22 up there to shoot it down. Not only that, this was really funny. I don't know if you know this. They, the Department of Defense was so embarrassed after that, they shot down a balloon floating over Lake Huron in Michigan. Oh, that's right. They shot down some like fucking high school project balloon or like some ideological thing. Yeah, it was. Correct. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a civilian balloon and they it, shot yeah, it down. It, it was it was like it, literally like barely more than a party balloon that was floating over Lake Michigan. <laughs> they, they sent they sent out, I think it was F-15s, and they're like, we're going to shoot that bitch down. And they did. They did. Right, right. And, and meanwhile, Israel is like, we want to install a, tra- a transceiver in your congressman's brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They have also, they all, they carry out massive economic espionage against the United States. 
American corporations. They stole uranium from the United States <laughs> when they were building their nuclear bombs. They oh, stole- that's that's right. Lest we forget the nuclear arsenal they're not supposed to have. Correct. Correct. It's like the, the biggest open secret. Oh, yeah, they've yeah. got nukes. Why do they have nukes? They're not supposed to. Correct. Did they sign any nuclear tr- treaties? A single one? So they, they have nuclear weapons and they stole, initially they stole bomb grade uranium from the United States. They and, harm- and, and then this is the same country. I mean, the hypocrisy is so fucking insane. Like, these are the same ones who clutch their pearls about Iran, demand that we do something about Iran and their nuclear enrichment. And it's like, but you guys have illegal nuclear weapons. You right. do. You're sitting on top of a nuclear stockpile that you're not supposed to have, that no one agreed to let you have. That you got by stealing. Yeah. They and like stole. I said, have, have you entered any kind of nuclear non-proliferation agreements? Is there any of that going on with your country? It doesn't look like it because you won't even admit to having the nukes. Right. Exactly. And no one will. And America pressures everyone else in the world to sign it except for you. How convenient. Yeah. <laughs> it is very convenient. It's this Israeli exception. It's like it's just an asterisk next to everything involving Israel and Jews. Yes, exactly. It, it is an unabashed asterisk. They get more moral, logistical, material, and financial support than any other state on the planet. I mean, so sort of the ultimate crescendo of American aid here is that adjusted for inflation since Israel was found, since 1952, I think the report went back to, between 1952 and 2022, the United States has given Israel adjusted for inflation $260 billion. Was, you know, I was doing a little Googling, and I found one article claiming it was like $305 billion altogether. It may, this is, it may be if you... Here's, include, this, here's the tricky include, thing, right? Because we were talking about the Defense Department actually can't audit itself, has no idea how much money it's actually spending. I'm sure the same is probably true of Israel. Like, no one even knows how much money is actually going there. So probably all the estimates are, are really lowball figures. It would probably be actually difficult to try to track down all of the aid that they get because i'm sure there's so many like back channels and things that are mislabeled things that are misappropriated it's probably yeah probably well, close is, to 300 billion overall there, there is least. massive there is massive corruption in john j mearsheimer's the israel lobby he wrote a, he wrote in part of a chapter about how the relationship between the israeli ministry of defense and the american department of defense there is no oversight and several years ago, an Israeli general got caught embezzling millions of dollars. He had been doing it for years. And the only reason he got caught is because some low-level American troop who didn't know any better reported it. This was and, an Israeli general that was receiving American aid? Right. So American, and he was just take, taking American money, putting it in his back pocket, and then correct. buying a Lamborghini with it. Okay. And it wasn't even officially earmarked aid. Remember, we officially earmark about $3 million a year. This was Department of Defense money earmarked for the American Department of Defense Mm -hmm. that was being given to Israel as part of research programs, basically. Okay, so essentially the idea was like, you're supposed to take that money and then do stuff with Raytheon. Like, this can be a research project, and then you're going to contract Raytheon or whoever the whatever defense contractor is supposed to be making money on the back end of this. Instead, he just takes up money for himself. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he, he embezzled millions yeah. and millions. And then he gets his Lamborghini, <laughs> which, by the way, he'll always have gasoline for that car. 
Correct. Thanks, United States. <laughs> it will never get hit by a, a Hamas missile because of Iron Dome, which we also pay for. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> we are a very generous people, Alex. Um, with, so with Jews. You are you right. You are correct that two hundred sixty billion dollars is sort of an extreme. It is the lowball figure, and we don't really know how much money has through these various channels actually ended yeah. up Israel, and but so it's the, a the, lot. The history of this was that we used to give them loans, and then in the eighties, it just sort of became like a blank check, right? Right. So essentially, until the nineteen eighties, really the nineteen nineties. We were giving them, I'm sorry, early on, 60s and 70s, we were giving them loans. Then after Yom Kippur, we started just giving them money directly, no strings attached. Here's the cash, do whatever you want. Then in the late 1990s, it switched back to loans. Israel specifically requested that we switch it back to loans. So Were they concerned about the optics? (laughs) I, I have no idea. But they requested that it go back to loans. But they're not actually loans because every single year without fail, America defers the payment. Mm -hmm. They have never paid us back any money. And the interesting thing, I forgot about this when we were doing prep. The interesting thing is America also defers the interest on the loans. So we, we are giving them loans and we are effectively paying the interest that we would have lear- earned to them in, yeah. I, I just, you, you you can't help but wonder, like, what could we have done with that money and, and, and domestically? Right, well, the interest, the interest oh alone God. is a few hundred million dollars a year. Just the, the amount of things you could do with that huge amount of money for states that are on your continent and literally part of your country, as opposed to this rogue terrorist illegitimate regime out there in the middle east right i mean it's worth remembering america receives a d minus on its infrastructure from the american okay Association. so you had a thing you had mentioned during the 90s there was a oh yes of the rail infrastructure of the united states happening alongside money to israel for their yes. infrastructure buildup so this was w bush this was george hw bush he signed a bill authorizing $12 billion over like five years for Israel. Right. The same year he signed a bill allowing rail, uh, the private rail companies in the United States to begin ripping up track and infrastructure. So we were paying to build housing and one of the most comprehensive public transit systems in the world. Israel has an amazing public transit system. We paid for that while we tore up our own railway tracks. <laughs> well, let's talk about the other thing they've got. You can't make it up. A, a, a lot of a lot of people are against the idea of single payer healthcare, right? Well, oh, yeah, they they have a they have a lot a, of boomers don't a, like single payer healthcare because that would be my socialism and that would be bad. But guess who has single payer healthcare? Germany. No, I'm kidding. Israel. <laughs> 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 Our greatest ally. So this is a piece of rhetoric you probably make some use of. Is like, if it's good enough for your greatest ally, why isn't it great, uh, good enough for you? Right. If they get high-speed trains and public health care and subsidized housing and payments for having multiple children, like, what makes America so different that we can't have this? 
I demand I demand an answer. Why is that good for them, but not good for us? Something, something and socialism. If it's bad, if it's bad to do those things, then why don't we just stop giving Israel money so they can afford to do it? Even more than that, if it's ba- if these things are bad, why don't we demand our money back? Right? Like, isn't that the logical course right. of action? Like, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. We made you into a socialist country in order to correct the distortion in the market. You have to pay us back. Yeah, yeah we, need, <laughs> we need austerity measures now. <laughs> to correct the market distortion. Austerity measures, maybe some sanctions, whatever it takes to drive you down down the ladder far enough that you privatize everything and you right. enjoy our wonderful American way of life. <laughs> But we're not the only country, and this was a, this was another interesting one. We're not the only country that has lavished them with oh incredible amounts of money. The Germans have paid over eighty billion dollars in Holocaust reparations, and as of twenty twenty one, they still owe twenty billion more. And the vast majority of it, about sixty seven billion dollars of it, has ended up in Israel. The combined, the combined, so this is a, fi- a figure I loved. The combined aid of America and Germany since Israel formed is o- over $350 billion. Israel's GDP did not get that large until 2017. Wow. We have fully subsidized the creation of this state from top to bottom. Their housing, their rail infrastructure, ev- their submarines, absolutely everything they have has either been subsidized directly or they stole it from us. Whatever we wouldn't pay for, they stole. Yeah, the this whole thing with the uh, the, the, the ransom that, that Germany has to pay. It, and I, I think it's really disgusting because of the lies that it's based on. I mean, it's based on stuff like uh, these, these eyewitness accounts of being tortured by brain bashing machines. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally have a page with stuff open in front of me. Stuff like, each day I was submerged in hot water. Whenever I tried to put my head out of the water in order to breathe, I was forced back in the water by Dr. Joseph Mingala's stick. He was enjoying himself. This is the kind of stuff that's written in these eyewitness accounts, these accounts of these Holocaust survivors, all of which, by the way, were every individual one was tortured by Joseph Mingala. All of them. I guess Joseph Mingala was like in a million places at once. But anyway... This kind of stuff that's right now sitting in front of me on claims uh, on .org, claimscon.org, this is used to justify Germany giving them billions of dollars in reparations. This kind of absolute nonsense. Oh, and you dare, and you dare not say, you know, I don't necessarily think that there were German shepherds with poison teeth. Chasing around Jewish prisoners. I, that doesn't really, ah, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I can believe that. That's anti-Semitic to say that. Right. I mean, well, the, right. Did you, so did you really survive seven gassings? And does that really, <laughs> does that, does that, does that really justify that you, you feel like you, you personally deserve one and a half billion dollars? <laughs> yeah. Can we interrogate that? And no one calls their bluff on this. Like Germany really has to give you billions and billions and billions of dollars because of these fanciful tales. Oh yeah. I mean, they have drained $80 billion of wealth out of Germany. Unashamedly. And they continue to do it. When Germany was in the middle of the pandemic, 
and Germany passed their emergency pandemic funding, they gave, they earmarked $660 million for Israel. You are in the middle, you are in the middle of the world's, in modern times, worst pandemic. And your first thought is, oh my God, we better give Israel half a billion dollars. If we all die of the plague, we got to make sure that Israel's taken care of first. (laughs) You can't make it up. You really can't make it up. It's very, it's very important. No matter what, Israel must be taken care of. And of course, it's, it's not only that directly. The Germans, right now, Israel has ordered three state-of-the-art submarines from Germany. Germany is building them all, and Germany is paying to build two of the three of them. It's about a three. Right, billion. right. And just guess what they're going to put on those fucking submarines. Just guess. Totally not illegal nuclear weapons. Yeah, totally not illegal nuclear weapons so that they can threaten Iran and everybody else around them. Well, I mean, you've heard, I don't know if you've seen the interview. Oh, you did play the one on TDS I sent you. Uh, The Fox News appearances with people like Mark Levine, they have, the literal threat is you will give us whatever we want or we're going to nuke people. Mm -hmm. The entire world is held hostage by this country. It's morally outrageous on every level that you have to pay ransoms. You have to just give them money. They're allowed to steal from you. They're allowed to spy on you. They get to commit war crimes. Uh, as they commit the war crimes, they claim that they're the ones who are being genocided by these these evil Hamas Arab terrorists that are just going to try to annihilate every Jew on the planet unless we stop them. It's it is so morally disgusting on every level. It is viscerally offensive, and it, I don't. It, it's one of those things that, it, if you just go down through the facts of the matter, right, just kind of just do a dry analysis of it, it's still monstrous. It still makes you stop and go, wait, why on earth are we doing that? Oh yeah, I mean, you you could we, remove remove the moral element entirely. The basic. The basic cost-benefit analysis still doesn't – it doesn't calculate out. Right, because the only way that this makes sense is that if you subscribe to a very bizarre religious belief that Jews are a special people and their homeland must be preserved and they must have access to it, and if your entire country is destroyed in the process, so be it. You must right. sacrifice yourself for these special magical people and their their Bronze Age desert god who really likes them a lot for some reason. <laughs> and and has declared that they have to live in this one specific this one spot. They've got to live specific, there. This one specific place that they haven't lived they hadn't lived in for three thousand years that other people were, were so this is another thing. I love this. To to go back really quick to the creation of Israel, before it existed, you had an empire, the British Empire issued the Balfour Declaration that they wanted to create a state for the Jews in an area inhabited by Arabs that was under the sovereignty of the Turks. That is just the most ridiculous. (laughs) Well, so that that was part of the machinations where it was the British Empire versus the remains of the Ottoman Empire, right? So they needed a proxy in the region. Is Is that my understanding? There are multiple theories. There's a theory that it was a proxy in the region. There's a theory that Britain was lying to the Jews and never intended to do it. There are theories that the Zionists convinced them to do it and they legitimately meant it. There was also the fact that the British prime minister at the time was 
some kind of goofy evangelical Christian who wanted the Temple Mount rebuilt. Like there, the the truth of why Britain did it is somewhere in that morass, but it doesn't negate the hilariousness of declaring we're going to build an ethnostate for people who don't live here in an empire that we don't control. Right. And, and then they did of, it. It's, you, can't, you can't really think of any other countries that exist like this. You can't think of any other analogous situations. No, you where can't. Israel is a completely unique state. It, it, it's like it's got this asterisk next to it. Just Israel Jews always have that asterisk next to them. Oh, no, they get special stuff because they're special people. We suspend all rules of logic and rationality for these Israelis. Correct. And we believe every crazy thing that comes out of their mouth, no matter how ridiculous. Because if you don't believe that, you're an anti-Semite. Right. I mean, the oh my god, I can't get over the. Can you? I'm so I, it frustrates me so much. They claimed that Hamas beheaded 40 infants. Mm-hmm. They got the United States, the president of the United States, the most powerful country in the history of the world, to walk out on stage and repeat this claim without ever having seen the slightest shred of evidence. Now we know that they have no evidence for this claim, but they still got the most powerful man in the history of the world to do this. Mm -hmm. And all of our media, and basically every institution. All with zero proof. That is how uniquely special the the choppy utterances of these people are. Yeah, yeah, because if you don't believe us that's like denying the holocaust which is also full of crazy stuff that we have gaslit you into agreeing to yeah they were definitely chased around with those uh, those german shepherds with the poison teeth yeah i believe that i'm a proud american of course i believe that (laughs) proud america happy to serve israel yeah oh my god the stuff that i've seen people say like the other day someone in the comments in one of these yahoo articles and these boomers was claiming that uh, the, the, during the Holocaust, Jews were crowded into ditches, covered in gasoline, and set on fire. I was like, you know, strangely enough, I haven't heard that one before. That's new to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's new to me. Uh, that one is almost, and you can tell that this was something that a non-Jew must have come up with because it's almost plausible. I'm like, yeah, that's probably how I would do it. <laughs> Because like their their accounts are so much crazier, they're they're far less plausible than that one. Correct. And like <laughs> I'm still laugh. I'm laughing because it just we are seeing the behavior reemerge in real time with the stories coming out about the war mm-hmm. currently going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Forty forty babies beheaded by Hamas. Yeah, they, I mean, they it was bombed like, their own hospital. That's the that's the current. bombing their own hospital. Uh, my other favorite was the the eighty five year old woman that was recently released by Hamas, and the headlines are talking about how she had been through hell. You read the article, and as it turns out, she had medical care the entire time. She was uh, attended to by doctors and medics. And they made sure that nobody had, had any unsanitary conditions. Where I was taken care of. Right, I saw the video. I saw the video of Israel or of, of Hamas re- releasing two old Israelis and these, the women were, they were literally shaking their hands, like patting them on the shoulder saying, thank you. I'm like, Oh wow. They look like they live through hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess to tie this back to that, that British empire thing is, it's very interesting how they had the British empire as a sponsor. British empire, of course, went to crap. 
now they've got the United States as a sponsor. It's like they always have the protection of somebody. They do, and they have alternative plans. Uh, Israel, very unironically, their plan, if they ever lose the support of the United States, is India. They have, a, they have an incredible relationship with India. That would make sense. I don't know that their tactics would work as well with China. Oh, no, the, like, the, the Chinese, the Chinese through this whole thing currently have been unabashedly siding with the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and also the, the, the Chinese the, the, the are China not big fans very, of the Israelis. China, China, the Chinese are intelligent. They have a very, very old history. Oh yeah, there, there's a saying in China, something like we've been, we were here eight thousand years before you. We'll be here eight thousand yeah. years after you're they, gone. I'm sure they will. <laughs> now, I don't know how their country is going to do. Uh, going forward in terms of like its international influence, maybe it, it, it waxes and wanes, but I'm sure China's going to be here 8,000 years from now. I'm sure it'll still be around. Oh, yeah. Did you see they deployed? Uh, they had six ships, destroyers on an exercise in Oman, and they have now sent them into the Mediterranean Sea. Again, this reinforces a point that the entire world has to come to a halt because of this country. Right, and there's there's so many so many lies about how well the United States what they do is they protect world trade, they secure world trade with their enormous navy, and the United States tries to make sure everybody gets along, except for the Middle East where they constantly uh, participate in a confla- uh, internal conflagration of constant low level conflict and sometimes high level conflict. Very strange. Anything for anything for Israel, Alex. That's well, yeah, there's there's the, there's an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Now let's see here. We have such a mountain of prep. I want to make sure that we didn't miss anything. Oh, here's a here's a great one. This one's for the boomers because the boomers, you know, they all care about the national debt. Oh my God. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Israel. So the OECD, it's like the club of rich countries, basically. There's, oh goodness, I think there are about 35 members of the OECD, might be closer to 40. Anyway, you have the OECD, the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development. It's basically the world's rich people, the rich country club. Sorry, there's 38 members. It's the rich country club. Israel, thanks to all of the money that Germany and America are constantly giving them, is in the top 10 least indebted countries in the world. They have very low national debt. America's debt to GDP. <laughs> America's debt to GDP well, is well, 150%. Israel's is about 60 We go into debt to reduce Israeli debt. Pretty much, yes. That's how that works. I mean, and this is the thing when I wrote, I wrote the article about the state governments, Arizona has a $400 million hole in its budget, and it is going to buy 20 to $50 million of Israeli government bonds. Mm-hmm. They, they are going to go further into debt because they're already borrowing money. They're going to go further into debt in order to, in order to fund Isra- an Israeli war. That's just Arizona. New York is doing the same thing. Illinois is the third most indebted state in this country. They're buying several tens of millions of dollars. 
Israeli bonds. And you know what's particularly offensive about Illinois? The governor of Illinois is J.B. Pritzker, who is Jewish and is a member of a family that has about $35 billion itself. If you want to buy Israeli bonds, you son of a bitch, why don't you spend your own money? Well, let's put another fine point on this. Uh, Since 2005, 195 rural hospitals have shut down the United States. Almost 200 hospitals. How far do you think the money would have gone towards keeping those hospitals open if we had just put that cash towards these facilities instead of Israel? Right. We just instantly spent $200 million on Israel instead of rural hospitals. Rural hospitals are not that damn expensive to keep open. No, usually we're not talking about building a new facility, mind you. All we're talking about is maintaining existing facilities, existing staff. Right. Usually what they need is the occasional grant to get them through another few years. Mm -hmm. It's usually how these things work. And why not give them a fucking blank check? Right. New Jersey. I'll go back to New Jersey for a minute. New Jersey has one of the best public transportation systems in the U.S. It's actually fairly good. They're going to have a billion dollar hole in nj transit's budget new jersey has already said we're not going to bail you out public transit system but i am going to go buy 58 billion dollars in israeli bonds so goodbye fuck you (laughs) i don't know and the rationale that you will hear from a certain demographic united states is well you know if they couldn't they couldn't pay their bills you know if they couldn't remain financially solvent that's on them for their poor business decisions meanwhile israel uh we just give the money because they're, uh, they're an ally in the region. Uh, so we suspend all forms of rational analysis, and we just give them money. Correct. From anywhere we can get it. The federal, I, I mean, you know, one of the reasons, this is actually interesting. I would guarantee you that one of the reasons that state governments just did this $200 million thing is because Congress doesn't have a speaker, so they can't pass an aid an aid. Absolutely. This and, was a workaround. They're mad right because there's not a speaker because of the, the right. destabilization of American politics means that Israel, when they need a bailout, it gets slightly delayed. <laughs> so they had to do they had to do a workaround with the state governments. That is amazing. I mean, we're, we are we are basically and I know this has been talked about elsewhere. We're essentially at this point in American politics where if you want progress on something, it needs to align with something that Israel wants. That's Correct. the best way to get any kind of outcome that you're looking for is, well, would this be imported to Israel somehow? Then I might get a little bit of that, that sli- small slice of that pie, maybe. Can I get 10% of what I want? So you're in a position then where a tiny little country in the Middle East, their policies are more important than anything happening in your country. Your best bet for getting something you want is if your idea aligns with theirs. It's insane. It's mind-boggling. It, it, you know what else Israel, Israel does? This just hit me. Israel does price controls. They have price controls on their gas. America categorically rejects the idea of price controls. We absolutely cannot deal with the high price of gas. But Israel, they can. But, but we also squirrel away fuel uh, for Israel at the same time. Well, we, we, can't, we can't do price controls, but we can squirrel away fuel for Israel. Right. And it doesn't even matter. I know there are going to be people who are like blogging at the idea of price controls. The point here is not whether or not stuff is a good idea. The point is we are told constantly all of the time by our political class that A, B, C and D options are just categorically off the table. 
that's either stupid or it's socialist. We can't do that. It's impossible. And Israel turns right around and does it. And the entire American political class is like, give them more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever you do, yeah, give well, them they, more they, money. They, they will act like there's a political gridlock. It's going to stop you from achieving something like there's it's just a, the political realism makes it impossible. But then the big asterisk in the room comes along and suddenly all of that is suspended and we're just cutting checks and we're sending the military over there. We're moving our Navy around. Just everything has to realign in favor of Israel. So this is an interesting question that I, ju- I, I just thought of right now. What happens in, I don't know, a month? Let's just say this is still going on in a month. What happens in a month if there's still no speaker? Do we like is is California because California has the most financial might in the country? Is California going to start giving Israel billions of dollars? <laughs> like, how are they going to work around this? Yeah, well, I don't know that because they're California maybe is too progressive to do that. That's I don't true. Know. It'd be Texas or Florida, New York. But is that how we're going to have to do this? I, I just dis- I just assume that that Israel will appoint a speaker at that point for us. That's true. Eventually, it'll get so bad they'll go around. They'll they'll go around it. They'll just be like, "Okay, here's your speaker." Right. They'll give us they'll, money. We'll we'll have a unity candidate until the the war is over. In fact, I'm surprised. No, I mean they'll they'll just literally send an Israeli citizen over here, and he'll be appointed speaker. There is there, <laughs> there was a member of the House of Representatives who showed up in an IDF uniform. I, oh yeah, I saw that. We'll we'll appoint that guy. I saw that. <laughs> he'll be. <laughs> He is the new speaker of the house. Anyway, we're passing a, a $30 billion emergency budget for Israel. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Lickety split. The hypocrisy is insane. Like so suddenly overnight, uh, one, one congressperson is in trouble because they have a Palestinian flag. The other one is literally in a goddamn IDF uniform. And I'm like, whoa, whoa what, what country am I in? I, I don't Yeah, that was Rashida. It was really weird for me. Because obviously Rashida Tlaib, is, she's uh, I think she's actually Palestinian, but yeah. she's some shade of Arab. Yeah. From she represents the Detroit district, and you you don't want to go into her district, Alex. You'll get shot. Right. Um, but suddenly, she there's the Fox News video. Rashida Tlaib is walking down the hall, and this blonde Fox News bimbo is harassing her. What do you have to say about the forty dead babies? Do you have anything to say about the forty dead babies? Surely you're going to condemn the pal like harassing her following her down this hallway and i had this <laughs> really weird moment where i'm like you bitch leave my congresswoman alone like it was really strange because <laughs> on a normal day i would want nothing to do with rashida to leave and suddenly i'm like that's my fellow michigander you back off cunt like i was so upset <laughs> it is a really weird polarizing issue where our sort of our normal camps get shuffled around yeah, the, the, the usual pecking order is suspended because the way this is supposed to work is, well, that is a diverse congressperson. Uh, they, they are from a minority background. Uh, they're kind of untouchable in that regard. And now that now they are literally a evil Arab terrorist. Right. And white in the in the white Fox News lady is allowed to racially harass her. Yeah. It I is a very it. weird switch change of events look, look i mean not to go too far afield here but looking at some of the, the the things that are happening in terms of the way that this stuff is being covered elsewhere like in sort of the quote-unquote like alternative circles 
And I don't mean the ones that are directly adjacent to us. I mean, this sort of this burgeoning kind of like alt media landscape. Right. It looks like what is beginning to coalesce is a new centricism or centrism, new centrism that has protection of Israel as sort of its uh, one of its foundational ideas. Yeah, you and I Zionist central centrist movement. We've talked about this before. All of these alt left and sort of vaguely further right of center organization, like these intellectual groups and media commenters are all kind of coalescing into one blob that you could, that I just kind of like to call the dissidents. They, Mm -hmm. they fancy themselves as dissidents. That's what they claim. Trademark. Right. Dissident TM. And, a big part of it, as you just said, a big part of this is sort of a low-level return to the anti-Islam stuff. Suddenly, we are we are very allowed to hate them damn Muslims mm-hmm. again, and they're they're going really hard promoting this. It's very it, it very uh kind of caught me off guard, frankly. Well, as an old guy, I was just having deja vu. I was like, I've heard all this before. I heard this after 9-11 right. and then after all of the 2003 Iraq war shenanigans and, all, and George W. Bush, it was a very laughable position to be so just aggressively anti-Arab to want to glass the Middle East. This was something that you were mocked for, for thinking or saying, and now it's all back on the table. Yeah, like this new centrist pro-Zionist thing, it's very eerie to watch that kind of stuff deploy. It's back like, on the table in Europe as well. In fact, it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird in places like Britain where the the prime minister is Indian, the home secretary is Indian, and their foreign secretary is black. The three yeah. highest offices in the state are all held by uh, a non-white, very visibly non-white minority. And they're literally doing like, these damn brown Muslims are going to destroy Britain. Oh, my God. Like, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. This entire thing, I, I can't imagine being a normal person who has no inkling of our politics and trying to sort through this. I, I can't fathom attempting to do that. So you, you mentioned that there was an elderly woman. It's the same one. I, was, I read the article about the same person. But now you've got articles where she's having to explain why she shook a Hamas militant's hand. Oh, she is. Yes. Yeah, like, that was bad optics. You weren't supposed to be shaking anybody's hand. <laughs> I mean, that so- is... It's pretty bad optic. I mean, when I saw her do that, I'm like, I can't believe, I can't believe yeah, she well, did that. Now they're having to interrogate that that, that entire scene because it it undercuts their narrative that Hamas is composed of a bunch of violent, right? Is like beating old extremes. ladies with rifle yeah. butts. Yeah, which I mean, if you have a, a functional brain, the first question you would ask is like, well, if an 85 year old and an 83 year old were just released by these people, they must not be that bad. I mean, 85-year-olds are kind of frail, generally speaking. <laughs> well, you know, if you recall the the Jewish girl from the rave who everyone thought was dead. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, she was in the. they were taking her to a... I, I remember she was shirtless in the back of the truck, and everyone was horrified by that. And my first thought was, she was at a rave. She was probably already shirtless. Right. She was at a rave, first of all. Second of all, they took her to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Where she got emergency treatment, and they let her call her mother to tell to tell her she was okay. Like these, that's, that's there, what there's the, yeah. 
there is a very weird narrative that is so divergent from reality here that I just don't think normal people can even begin to comprehend it. Yeah, the 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 propaganda. I don't know. I just I feel like I've been in a nonstop like FUD propaganda stream for three years now, starting with COVID and then through the Ukraine situation and now going into the Israel Gaza conflict. Oh, we so have. We absolutely have. It is like being in a whirlwind of just constant misinformation. It is very weird. I remember last night, uh, all of the like Intel OSINT channels were all saying that the invasion of Gaza had begun, but it actually didn't. And it, it is a, it, constantly living on edge, waiting for the latest news story. It's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, reading the tea leaves on Telegram is probably not a very good use of time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow them. People forward them to me, and I then I get excited, yeah. which is why I don't follow them. Right. Because if I did, it'd be all I do. But speaking of reading the tea leaves, we're at uh, we're actually over our hour cutoff. So okay. goodbye, everybody. You have been informed about Israel. <laughs> Good luck. God bless Israel. I'm not anti-Semitic. Yes, uh, we w- will end the episode with a rousing rendition of Haktiva. We'll have Borzoi do that, right? <laughs> I heard it was actually really funny as as a last minute aside. The minute the war kicked off, all of the like the patriotic music. There's a huge community on YouTube, and they upload like patriotic folk music and stuff, national anthems, yada yada. The minute that every time a conflict scares up between the Arabs and the Israelis, they all immediately upload the Israeli anthem. So every couple years, there's a massive wave of new Haktiva videos on YouTube. I had like seven of them at once the day the war kicked off. Wow. As really, it was really quite incredible. Right, I, 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 just, I just saw an article that uh, the Democratic Socialist America founding member quits over Hamas massacre response. <laughs> As in quitting in favor, quitting because they are upset that the party wasn't going pro-Israel? Yeah. Yeah. Naturally, now oh, I mean, Democratic Socialists of America. Who do you More think? Is, who do you think is running? Mm. <laughs> say, who do you think is the one resigning? Oh, good. Let's take a look at Maurice Isserman. Oh, God. <laughs> He's an Israeli. He probably actually is. He probably went and lived in a kibbutz or something. Yes, yes, he's Jewish. So one of the Every- Jewish founders of the DSA is leaving. Ah, uh, weird, weird. It's like your your ideology comes in second to your loyalty to Israel. Fascinating. Right. This fascinating little ethno state. Yeah. That you guys get to maintain. Yeah, well, there's an asterisk next to it. It's it's fine. It's okay. Right. There's an asterisk next to it. And with that, we uh, will bid you all adieu. 